love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Haley Chura. I'm Alyssa Gadeski. And Haley, I'm like getting ahead of myself. So because I'm just super excited, I've been seeing all these It's Race Week posts from people on social media for the last couple of days. And I feel like people even got a jump start on it, that they were like at the very, very, you know, tail end of last week before it's even officially, I feel like Monday does kick off race week. But I feel like I was seeing them even over the the weekend and stuff, people were saying it's race week, it's race week. And everyone's super excited to go to St. George. I'm not a big like FOMO person, but I have to say, I might be having a little bit of FOMO with St. George because I feel like this is like a real, I mean, a huge start list for the pros. There's a lot of people going and a lot of people going to race. You're going to race. So I feel like it's getting like closer and closer into my circles of racing and it's just like super exciting. So how does it feel for you actually getting to go race? I am going to race. I'm headed to St. George, Utah this weekend. The race is on Saturday. It will be on Ironman Live or like Ironman's Facebook page, Facebook Watch, Ironman Watch. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Go to Ironman's Facebook page. I'm sure there'll be a link there. It starts at 6.50 a.m. Mountain Time is when the pros start. But I feel good. You know, I mean, I feel a little like apprehensive about not having raced in a long time, but I also know that that is not unusual right now. I think a lot of people are feeling those same feelings. This is the first race that's been in the Western United States in quite some time. So I think that that's kind of exciting. And St. George is such a iconic course. It's the site of the 70.3 world championships this September. So I think that's one impetus, I think for seeing such a big start list. Um, it's always a very competitive race. It is a 70.3 North American championship, but this year I think people are doing some course recon and hopefully getting excited for September. But have you ever raced in St. George, Alyssa? You know, I, I haven't, I had it on, I was registered last year for the full. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. So, um, still have not gone to race there, but people, I feel like people love it or they hate it, but mostly love that. Like they love the toughness of, of St. George and the kind of everything that it, it hands people. Yeah. I've raced there once for the 70.3 and it is, it's a beautiful course. I mean, you're right on the doorstep of Zion national park. And so you have the, you know, just that rugged desert landscape, but with like the red mountains and it's just, it's beautiful and great climb on the bike and a very hilly run. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's challenging and, um, but we don't do Ironman because we want it to be like super easy. Right. So it'll be fun to see how, how things play out when you have people traveling from Europe, it's, there is still a pandemic. So, you know, hopefully people are taking precautions and like we talked to Lisa Becker as a couple weeks ago about some of the precautions that were in place at Texas 70.3, um, you know, with start in start or check-in times that are assigned and uh, just, you know, some different things, masks and temperature checks and all of that, that goes along with uh, the pandemic racing experience. So um, it'll be an adventure for sure. We'll see how it goes. 
Well, I'm really excited that next week we'll get to catch up with you and hear all about how it went. I will be tuning in to the Facebook broadcast. I might try and like go dark on myself on Saturday so I can get my ride in and then kind of come back and just chill out and be able to watch it all in one fell swoop and and see catch up on the coverage because I think that's how it works with Facebook. I think you can kind of like rewind the Facebook coverage and and just start where you want to. So, um, you know, we'll be we'll be cheering for you for sure. Um, and there's a feisty meetup happening, Haley, that is happening in St. George before the race. And you guys, if you are interested in the feisty meetup, pay attention to the Live Feisty and Feisty Triathlon social media. Um, hopefully the day that this comes out on Thursday, um, take a, take a look and we will be posting the details. We're still figuring all of that out. And Jamila, who's coordinating that will let you guys know via the feisty triathlon Instagram, but there is going to be a feisty meetup on Friday, probably early afternoon, somewhere in St. George. Okay. So if it doesn't coincide with your you know, if it works with your drop off, maybe if it's near, I think you can drop off like your running shoes at T2, which is like in St. George. I mean, you might be able to swing by. Um, cause we, this is St. George is a point to point course where you start the swim is a little bit out of town and then you ride in. So two different transitions, which is always fun, but again, <laughs> nothing like ripping that bandaid off the I'm racing again uh situation with a point-to-point logistical course to figure out right yeah no it's gonna be I um I will say I've already started packing a bit which I'm proud of myself for that because I'm usually a very last minute packer but there were certain things where I was like ah where's my race belt like you know I haven't I I haven't needed it in a while it got kind of shoved back in you know closet and so I, I did find that and things like you know just the things that you need for a race but you don't necessarily need for everyday life I mean maybe some people use race belts for everyday life but I don't so I'm proud of myself for getting those together but hopefully everyone else is too especially by the time like you said by the time this airs on Thursday hopefully anyone who is racing has um has everything together and if you aren't racing I hope you do watch and throw some cheers my way I could use them always and I think that's one of the perks of having moved recently is I actually did get to kind of take inventory of where things are what I have and like I actually know like you're saying race belt I'm like oh I know I remember unpacking those and like putting them into a new place and stuff like that so I feel like again I'm like you know, I'm ready. No, I'm like, maybe I should just see if I can hop in. No, just kidding. I'm, I'm only running. I'm still only running, but I did. I had my longest run since February 4th or something, Haley. I ran eight miles and it all went, um, great. I'm feeling good. Um, and so, yeah, I'm getting back in the groove. And so I think that's helping me also get more excited about the races happening and be like starting to envision myself back into them as well. That is exciting. And uh, as I'm packing, I will say I've also had to like dig up, you know, all the chamois cream and the sun barrier. Um, Zilios is a sponsor of the podcast and they make great, you know, single use um, packages, which on a day-to-day basis, no, you don't want to use single use, but especially when you're doing a point to point race, you know, throwing like a little thing, a little single use thing of, of a sunscreen or chamois cream into your bag can be very useful because then you can just like put it on right before the start. So it's at its maximum potency for the race day, because there is also very little shade on the St. George course. And it's, uh, it's, um, 
forecasted to be quite warm. So we'll, I will be uh, applying some of that uh, sun barrier SPF very liberally because I, I do not need to uh, make it any more evident that I have been in, living in a Montana winter for the last couple of months. I was going to say, I think you also got that midweek snowstorm that I saw in the Northeast here. New England has been great to welcome me here with these like random Wednesday and Thursday weekly overnight storm snowstorms we've been getting. And so, yeah, I'm going, I plan to be like piling on the sun barrier too. If, um, if I was getting out to St. George, I think that will be key for my first few races as the world gets a glimpse of the, the pale skin that I, I'm not sure what it's going to be like in New England um summer wise but yeah it's definitely going to be key for me well you can and you can always use chamois cream regardless of the weather right. but if you need any <laughs> zilios products if you might not be able to get them in time for saint george but if you need them for your future races Alyssa, um or training down the line teamzilios.com use that code ironwomen to get 15 percent off your order and Haley, we have no new mailbags to go over this week. So everyone, if you would like to send us a mailbag question, send it into ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com and we'll take a stab at it. And we, you know, we've had a couple come in that we're actually kind of making into full episodes for people because we thought this is a great topic. There's more to talk about here and things like that. So sometimes that happens. And if it does happen, I try and get back to you. Um, at least so you're not sitting on that question forever and ever, because we do want to get you an answer of some kind sooner rather than later. So um, send in your questions, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And Alyssa, this week we have a great interview. We're talking to American record holder, Heather Jackson. So Heather's 839 from Ironman Arizona in 2018 is the fastest time at the Ironman distance by an American woman. And Heather's also finished in the top five at the Ironman World Championships in Kona four times, including a third place podium finish in 2016. She's a five-time Ironman champion, a 14-time 70.3 champion, and she has already raced three times this year in 2021. <laughs> she, she's been busy. So Heather tells us about her recent races, her plans for the season, and she is actually one of the few people not racing in St. George this weekend. So we asked her about suggestions on women to watch so when you can hear heather's heather's suggestions on who you should be watching as you tune into facebook um iron man live when you're watching the coverage of saint george this weekend aside, including me you know you can always watch me too <laughs> but um uh we'll have that conversation with heather right after the break The Iron Women podcast wants to give a huge shout out to orca sportswear for their continued support in 2021 as someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. The Iron Women podcast is grateful to Zelio Skincare for their continued support of the podcast. I'm always excited when I start pulling out the Zelio Sun Barrier more and more because that's a sure sign races are around the corner. And I'm going to be happier than ever using my Zelio's Race Relief Cold Therapy Muscle Gel because it means I actually got to do an in-person race this year. You can get your own Zelio Sun Barrier Race Relief Shower Products and Chamois Cream for 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN at teamzilios.com. 
Hi, Heather. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thank you guys for having me on. So we're talking to you after you've kind of just had a very busy spring of racing, especially by pandemic standards. You recently finished ninth at Challenge Miami in March, then fourth at Texas 70.3 on April 11th, and then third at Florida 70.3 just a week after that. So did you go into the year with the idea of just like signing up for every race that might potentially happen? <laughs> oh, man. I mean... I, I guess somewhat, I think it was more just, um, yeah, like given last year and not being able to race that any opportunity for me just, um, was yeah, exciting. And it's not what I probably normally would have done. I also probably would have normally never raced a Florida or a St. George, I mean, sorry, um, Texas or even a Miami, but, um, for me it was more just, yeah, like not having raced for a year, um, any opportunity. I was just excited to, yeah, get back on a race course. <laughs> Especially with the back-to-back weekends. That's always a special kind of fun, I feel like. <laughs> that was definitely not planned. I had um, I had signed up for Texas, and um, I feel like they had added Florida, like, last minute. And so <clears throat> I thought maybe if Texas got canceled, um, I should sign up for Florida so I didn't mess- miss registration. And then um, I raced Texas, and it was like, oh, I could do another, like, big weekend in prep for um, – I'm prepping for Ironman Tulsa. So it was either another big weekend of training or, you know, another race – basically a race sim um, for Tulsa. So we decided just – like, we haven't been racing. Why not just practice again? Because for me, um, like, any practice for open water or, like, open water swim starts or, I mean, primarily the swim where I just need to just – work on it as much as I can. Um, it was like, Oh, let's just pull the trigger and go to Florida. So, <laughs> and it looks like you finished on the podium there with what looked like even a pretty hard run for you. So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what happened and how you managed to keep yourself going and fighting for that third place spot that you got? Oh my God. Yeah, that was, it was so hot there. It was crazy. I say that and I'm like, it's not just cause maybe I wasn't like acclimated to the Florida heat and humidity but it was everyone there was saying it was unseasonably humid it was wet like you were just soaking wet and I think I just maybe overcooked it on the bike a little bit maybe didn't get enough hydration in and I knew from the first few steps of the run that it was going to be a struggle and I was like I don't know how much time I put on Leslie I knew Leslie Smith would be coming she's such a fantastic runner um I think coming into transition Emma had admitted on me so I was like okay if I can just like salvage something today, I would be happy. <laughs> so it was literally just keep moving forward. And I, I was getting slower and slower. Like I was dizzy, just like every aid station, ice and water and bananas. And I was just trying to get fuel in. And it was, yeah, I had memories of Kona 2018 where that happened to me um, in Kona. And it was just, yeah. It's almost like the quicker you can get to the finish line, it's all over. So that was just yeah, keeping me moving forward. <laughs> and you did hang on to that third place finish. As, as you mentioned, Emma Pallant won, Leslie Smith second. You came in third. And Heather, I remember following your races in 2015 because you had a really tough day at Ironman Texas, which was then in May, also very warm conditions. But then you came back and you won Ironman Coeur d'Alene on an incredibly hot day. I think it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Idaho. I think Alyssa was there too, but um, <laughs> it was really hot. <laughs> yeah, it was just over a month later. And 
So is there anything specific that you do after a race like like Ironman Texas back in 2015 or more recently, Florida 70.3, to learn from the tough race in that situation and make sure that the next one is is a great finish? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so funny you bring up that example because actually even prior to Texas that year, I had done the same thing at Ironman Arizona um, in the fall of that year. And so um, of the year prior. And so that would, had been my second one in a row of just like totally messing up my nutrition. And it was after Texas that year that you're talking about, I actually, um, ended up consulting with Jesse Kropelnicki of QT2. He helps, um, I'm good friends with Lindsay Corbin and he had done a lot of her nutrition stuff of just training your gut and, um, training hydration. And so I worked with him between Texas and Coeur d'Alene that year of getting onto like a full, um, liquid nutrition plan because those prior races, I was like, you know how they always say like, Oh, don't change what you do in training. But in training, if we stop at a gas station, I'm getting like a Snickers and a Coke and like, I would just grab whatever. And, and so I was like, Oh, I need to do that in the race too. And that it doesn't translate when you're actually racing necessarily. (laughs) I think I had like, a payday in my back pocket and like all this stuff. Like I didn't at that point have nutrition dialed for the full distance. And so those six weeks in between Texas and Coeur d'Alene was just full practice. Every training session um, was on a full, just um, liquid calories in my bottles um, or gel. I'll use gels or even some blocks on like a long bike ride, but it's, it's very calculated and I practice it. And that's what I would have needed to do probably coming into Florida or even just be more cognizant of it. And I totally not spaced, but it's early in the season. I wasn't, I didn't have it in my head to be so on it. And I am that way going into Kona, like the six weeks leading in, you're just practicing your nutrition, um, practicing what you're going to do on race day. Um, even at say gas station stops when you're refilling. So, um, for me, it's yeah, just a really good wake up and reminder of like, okay, coming into races like this to be prepared in every um, yeah, possible way, including nutrition, um, not just the training. So yeah, good little wake up for definitely for Tulsa um, for sure. Cause I guess Tulsa can get pretty hot. <laughs> and so it sounds like, you know, the nutrition piece was a big part to you kind of figuring out how to race really well in those hot, humid conditions, like in Kona um, you have, the you have top five there four times right so you clearly figured it out and have have been able to kind of thrive in that including a podium finish there in 2016 so do you find that it mostly comes down to like really dialing and practicing that nutrition or are there other heat acclimatization stuff that you do I know you train in Tucson like um you know outside of nutrition are there other kind of tips you can give listeners or anything like that for the heat Yeah, I think um, definitely the nutrition was huge just to figure out for me. And I think, um, like I said, training that. So it can be tough. I remember early on, I'm like, I'm going to feel so hungry if I'm just like drinking calories in my bottles or just gels because I'm used to at least some solid. Um, And we were able to combat that with with maybe a banana or two, which is where I got that super banana reference just – because that seems to soak up some of the liquid so that you don't have that kind of sloshy stomach. Um, so that was the fill in for that solid food that I felt like I was still going to crave. Um, but yeah, in terms of like a Kona um, going in, having practiced it and then knowing what it is and also sticking to that for the race. So it's so easy because it happened to me 
once in Kona in 2018, it's happened to me and other non Kona Ironmans where you get caught up in the racing and you're not like, you're not following your nutrition plan. And that will cost you a good race because you think, Oh, I have to stay with her. I have to catch up to her. You can see someone down the road and you're like, okay, I'm going to put a 20 minute effort in um, maybe above what is your race effort. And in that time you can literally throw your race out the window because you didn't take a bottle and you didn't take a drink. You weren't, um, yeah, drinking. I try to drink every five minutes in Kona, um, five to 10 minutes just constantly so that it's just constantly going in what you're sweating out. And it's as important on the bike because you have a marathon to run in that same heat. So, um, yeah, practicing it and the heat acclimation for me, I've tried to do indoor protocols. Like I've tried to prep for Ben or sorry, like a hot Ironman, like Texas in Bend when it's still pretty cold there. Um, and it didn't work for me. I got to Texas that year and, um, but it does work for some, I think there are sauna protocols you can put in place, like teaching your, yourself to sweat quicker. Like your body can start to um, produce sweat, which cools you off. Um, if you do, you build up, let's say 20 minutes in a sauna a day or 30 minutes, um, just so that you do start to sweat quicker. Um, and that is supposedly cools you off. Um, so I'll do that randomly here in Tucson, but part of me being in Tucson leading into Kona is because of that. I just have to come train in the heat, get used to it. I, I come here probably six to eight weeks early. So we get down here in August and in August it's like a, over a hundred. So <laughs> um, definitely gets me ready. I get to Kona and I'm like, Oh, it feels pretty cool here. <laughs> <laughs> and what about during the race? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, heat management practices that you use during the race, but then also if you ever feel yourself kind of going into that kind of nutrition, like you, you put in that surge and it's early, you caught the person and you're like, Oh no, like, is there a way to come back from that? Yeah, that's, yeah, that can be so tough. Like exactly what you're saying, because you have to make up for what maybe you just sacrificed in those, that whatever effort is or whatever that um, like period of time is. So a big thing too, is not skipping aid stations and every single one grabbing, even if it's, if you don't need any fuel or calories or hydration, grabbing water and just soaking yourself. Like Jesse Kropelnicki used to say, like, get the heat off, get the heat off of you. And you do that, um, just pouring cold water over you as many as you can and taking that little bit of a delay at an aid station to make sure you get a bottle coming through on the bike and just cooling yourself off, like over your head, over your helmet, um, dousing yourself just to cool off. And even if it only lasts a little bit, it's, it helps. It just keeps your body as cool as you can. Um, another thing too, part of that plan is, um, you get on the bike after the swim and like one of the big things in my head is make yourself pee, make yourself pee because like you want to, try to go at least in an Ironman, like once, if not twice. And that's showing yourself that you're somewhat hydrated. So that's always like this mantra in my head, like make yourself pee, make yourself pee. And I'm like chugging bottles. Um, those first couple hours, just trying to preload. I also try to preload so that meaning get it in early on the bike so that you don't feel as like full sloshy stomach when it's time to run. And also hopefully you're peeing by that fourth hour. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I feel like in a normal time, thinking about hot racing and like all the things we have to do to get through it makes me like 
cringe at the thought of racing but now I'm like because we, we haven't been racing enough so I'm like oh this actually makes me excited to try racing in the, the heat again <laughs> yes I know it's like it's crazy have you guys raced yet this year no uh-uh this yeah. week I'm gonna be my first <laughs> and, and I'm okay. appreciating these like the hot weather tips since uh, I think the forecast in St. George is quite warm <laughs> okay I yeah I wasn't sure because it can flip-flop there so much but yeah it's definitely like a good reminder just like okay, stay on the nutrition. <laughs> Cause yeah, that run can get hot too, but no, it's so good just to like get back to a race. You know, it's like, you're going to be so pumped. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And you decided not to race St. George, which is happening this weekend, but you are currently in Tucson training for Tulsa, as you mentioned, and Tulsa is a new course. I mean, I think it was supposed to be new in 2020. Didn't happen. So new in 2021, end of May, what made you decide to target Tulsa? Yeah, it's, that's a funny one. Cause it's, um, yeah, it's a new one. So I've never done it. My actually, I thought they had told us before this year that Coeur d'Alene was going to be the North American champs. And so I had in my head that I was going to be doing that one this year, which I was super excited about. It's one of my um, favorite ones. I love the half there. And then the one you mentioned, I think it was 15 was my first Ironman win ever. So I just love Coeur d'Alene. And then I had like gotten myself all amped for Tulsa because Coeur d'Alene wasn't a race and then then they added Coeur d'Alene like a few weeks ago so I was so torn of like maybe switching but then I would hate if I didn't do Tulsa and then for some odd reason Coeur d'Alene got canceled or one got canceled just so I'm sticking with Tulsa but um it's the North American champs which is super cool it's a really deep field um it looks like it should happen. It's in Oklahoma, so <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, and it does look like it's a rolling bike. I try to find like hilly bikes and runs. Just um, I'm just stronger in the hills on both of those versus say like flat speed focused um, courses. So the bike course does look good. I think it's a pretty good amount of elevation gain and loss. Um, bit of a flatter run, but um, yeah, it was just one of those. I'd love to do Coeur d'Alene. We might still be there um, just because we can drive over from Ben and support and cheer people on. But um, I'm just excited to practice a full um, and get one of those. It's been since Ironman Arizona 2019. So, um, yeah, <laughs> kind of the reasoning behind it. And Heather, you're someone who, you know, I already kind of mentioned this before with your Kona finishes, but you race incredibly well at the end of the season. So, you know, the Kona finishes, you set the American record of 839 at Ironman Arizona in November of 2018. So do you have a strategy when you kind of approach like early season racing and training while you still need to, you know, are clearly able to get yourself to peak in the fall as well? So what's your mindset around that with the early versus late season racing? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been tough this last year, I'd say of just like keeping that in mind because we haven't raced. And so I feel like all the attention right now are on these races and you also put the pressure on yourself. Like, Oh my God, I suck right now. But it, I normally am how I am right now in terms of like building into the year. I think it's just that like, since there hasn't been racing, there's like this new kind of like magnifying glass on things right now. When really usually coming into each season. Um, yeah. My focus is always October and it's just a slow build towards that. And so I use the halves 
just to get fitness for practice. Um, I usually do one full in say June, June time, May, June, July, um, just to practice the distance, but it is always kind of this long, longer kind of progressive build through the year, getting more and more excited and not burning too much, too much early on. And like, getting not burned out but getting like yeah so just tired and ready for that off season like by the time I get to Kona um it's like you've left everything throughout the year in your training your racing getting ready for that and then it's almost like I have like my off season is off I take a I think compared to probably a lot of people it's pretty uh not extreme, but like, I don't do much for November, December, even into January. Sometimes it's like, I'm snowboarding. I'm like at the mountain every day. I'm out at night. I, my brother's a brewer. We have like 20 pubs in Ben. So <laughs> it's like um, the opposite of when I'm prepping for Kona. Um, and so that kind of like gives me that break um, before leading into say a January, February, where I usually start prepping for Oceanside. So it's kind of this cycle of like very slow build. Um, and then like completely off after I've left everything out there. So I'm just trying to keep that in mind right now, given what last year. So, which was like one big long off season. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm glad you couldn't snowboard the whole year though, I guess. So <laughs> exactly. you did get some Snickers bars, like during some of those rides, like, you know, since you ha- you aren't able to do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But Heather, you no. have, yeah, you have already qualified for this year's Ironman world championships in Kona. They'll be happening this October. It is. It sounds like that is going to be your focus for the fall again this year. But are you thinking about seventy point three worlds in St. George or even the PTO Collins Cup? Is that on your radar? Radar. Um. Ah, uh, St. George. No. Another reason I haven't. I'm not doing St. George. I've had two panic attacks there in the water. Just I've struggled there with um, some breathing stuff. I don't know. I've talked to a few other friends that have had it there too. With I think maybe some pollen in the air and then the super cold water and I don't know what it is, but it's happened to me twice. Um, so I just, part of me was like, just go back and like get your revenge on the course. But, um, usually that, that time frame leading into Kona is like the biggest weekends for me. Um, that like four to six weeks out. And that's right when both of those fall, meaning Collins cup and St. George. So, um, it, I'm pretty, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think no one's St. George, but the Collins cup, um, I, yeah, it's a tough one. I want to support what the PTO is doing, what they're, they're supporting pros. Um, but I also would never travel to Europe in literally prime Kona prep. So if I'm in Kona, um, yeah, Kona block, I probably wouldn't, I guess. I'm not aiming for that one. I'll put it that way. Like Kona is my goal. It's been my goal for the last five years. And I figure I probably have like two or three more at the highest level, like really going all in for that one race. And so I just want to give everything I have each October for the next couple of years. Um, that said, I'm, I mean, obviously fingers crossed. They already moved Maui, which is a little like concerning. Like I was going to maybe do the Kona Maui double just for fun. And I've raced Xterra before. So, and now they've already moved that to December. So I don't know. 
I did see that that Maui move, and I have to say it made me pull up the Xterra calendar. Though I was like, oh, Maui in December could be pretty nice, actually. So. <laughs> exactly. No, totally. I was like, okay, fine. If we have to go to Maui in December, I was like already looking at Airbnbs. <laughs> And Heather, you split your training time between Tucson, Arizona and Bend, Oregon, which we've talked about a little bit. And you're currently in Tucson, which you said, and it seems like you have a pretty good crew there with you. So can you tell us about some of your training partners? Yeah, it's been crazy. Like, I mean, I think it's partly because Arizona has been pretty open. Um, that's mainly why we've been down here. So we're not usually here this long. Um, we've been here since October. We never went back up to Bend because Bend was so shut down with COVID. Um, and Arizona, I've had a pool to swim in. Um, it's a private pool run by this coach, but he kind of, yeah, like opened up to a whole group of triathletes. We have a great swim group going on here. Um, a lot of athletes that my coach, Ryan Bolton coaches, came down. So there was a good group. Sam Long, Ben Hoffman lives here. Um but then Rachel Olson and Andre Lopez came down, uh, Michael Arashida. These are all guys that work with um, Ryan. And then there was a good group of ITU athletes here, uh, Canadians, but um, Chelsea Burke, I mean, sorry, Joanna Brown. Well, it's a big kind of younger ITU crowd is here training as well. Um, so, and then recently, Fenella Langridge, who, she's British, she stayed over since um, Challenge Miami, and um, I just recently started riding and running with her as well, um, not just doing the swim, um, which has been awesome. She's super strong. Um, I didn't know her that well before, and now we've been able to get some good training in. So, yeah, it's a really good crowd down, <laughs> crowd down here right now. Um, I think... And, and then Lionel as well, but I don't outside of the pool, but it's always motivating to have him around. <laughs> and Heather, I think your original 2020 plans included jumping into some gravel races. Is that still something you're considering for 2021? Yeah, I'm back and forth. I think um, I have an entry to Unbound, which used to be DK, now called Unbound. And I was debating that Tulsa Unbound double. Um so it'll be like two weeks it. apart, one week apart, two weeks apart. Yeah, I th it's two weeks apart. So it might be a little. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> At least the travel race is after. I feel like that's the better order, like to do the Ironman yeah. first, because <laughs> like, you don't have to be like worried about your swimming and that kind of thing and running. Exactly. I don't know. That one might be a little aggressive, but I'm definitely looking at some of the ones in Oregon in the summer. They have some gravel grinders. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately that's kind of my plan. Um, post, post giving Kona, like a really good all in go the next, whatever, two, three years. Um, then I'll probably make that switch to like gravel. I love Xterra's Xterra's for fun. Just kind of that off-road more mountain biking, get in out in the woods. It's kind of more, I love to do that. It's kind of more my style, but it's, yeah, that's probably the, the longer term goal and do that for a few years after that. <laughs> and you're a member of the recently announced Vespa triathlon team. So can you tell us about this new team and do you actually get a scooter? Oh my God. Yes. I cannot wait. Uh, the scooters have been backlogged because of COVID. So they've been having difficulty getting them over to us, but they are coming, which is so awesome. But 
Yeah, it's Crowey's new team. And Crow, I mean, I'm so grateful to Crowey, Crowey for the opportunity. He's been a big supporter of mine um, just my whole career. And then also I've worked with him for Argonne and then also with Shimano a lot. So, um, yeah, just having his support and then this new team, I think will be super cool and um, just bring more awareness to, yeah. I mean, Vespa, I think a lot of people already know about Vespa, but just bringing into the triathlon scene and how useful it is. I mean, motor pacing, getting to and from the pool, just like, you know, scoot over for a rider run in a new, it makes so much sense. It's just like, yeah, bringing awareness to that. So it's pretty cool to be, be able to be a part of it. <laughs> It's always N plus one. You need N plus one, which might, that that might be a scooter, right? <laughs> and it doesn't always have to be like an exactly. unpowered to, you know, a, a pedal bike, but um, no, I'm, I'm excited to see your new scooter when it does arrive. I'm excited for you. Uh, Heather, you are known for your triathlon fashion. You co-own the Wadi Inc. Apparel Company and your kit's your kit this year looks like it has kind of like an abstract art theme. So do you think that bold primary colors and color box prints, is that the in pattern for 2021? <laughs> that is, I have to give all design credit to my husband, Wadi. He does it all himself. So um, the play on that was actually like old school heritage stuff because of Vespa. They wanted something um, like not vintage, but. Yeah, so he kind of came up with, I mean, it's a Mondrian, uh, yeah, piece that it's a play off of that that he, like, made into the kit, so, but the scooter is hopefully going to be similar, so <laughs> that was kind of the, the inspiration, I guess. And Heather, since you aren't racing St. George this weekend, but the race will be streamed on Iron Man's Facebook page, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Have you looked at the start list there? Are there any women that, you know, we should be watching that you predict are going to have a really great day out there? Besides Haley. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Haley, Haley's always the That's one to so be nice watching, of, of course. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> are you racing, no, 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 no. I'm waiting for hopefully Coeur d'Alene and hopefully it's not as, as hot as 2015. <laughs> totally. I know, right? <laughs> um, I saw the start list. It's like basically the world champ. So, <laughs> I mean, well, Haley will be up there since you can swim, which is amazing. I would give anything to be able to swim. <laughs> um, um, you passed me on enough uh, climbs on the bike that, I mean, I'm always like in Coeur d'Alene, I'm always like, okay, how far can I get before Heather passes me? And I'm like, it's always on that Micah grade climb. And I'm like, it's always the same spot. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's crazy. I mean, it's super cool. I think that Danielle is going to be there. Just, I have the utmost respect for her. Um, Paula, who I'm really close with, Paula P-Dog, Finley. Um, I hope she has a good one. Just, you know, being a, a close friend with her. I know she's been training hard. Um Holly, I'm sure we'll be up there. Um, who else? Um, I think someone, I don't know that people are going to be talking about her yet, but is coming up is Sophie Watts, who used to be known as Sophie Chase. She's ITU. She got third in Texas, but um, this will be her second um, half Ironman. And she's, yeah, I think she's going to be the future of, of half racing for sure. Um Jeannie Seymour is going, obviously going really well right now. Sky, um, Jackie Herring, Sarah Crowley. I mean, I, I feel like I could list like so many people. I think it's, I don't want to leave anyone <laughs> off. Alyssa Dohella, um, who else is there? 
probably is let I think Leslie's going I mean yeah there's there's so many I mean there's so many our, our women's fields now are just insane and I think uh, yeah it's literally going to come down to the day and, and yeah it's exciting I, I'm just excited that races are back and we have this like depth yeah, depth of field <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Heather, for for that insight on St. George and for just giving us so much of a like kind of a behind the scenes look on a lot of your racing. And and we can uh, look forward to seeing that scooter kit match. That matching kit and scooter is going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. So um, best of luck to you in your prep for Tulsa. And thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Hey, feisty folks, Jamila here, the Feisty Team Community Innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the Feisty Team to help you all stay feisty no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests, big sponsor discounts, swag and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, a community of feisty like-minded friends. Plus, we are adding new initiatives all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com. Haley, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician, but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within a few days. My favorite part they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash ironwomen and get started. Again, if you do want to tune in for the action in St. George this weekend, it will be worth your time. I guarantee you, I guarantee it. it the race is going to be broadcast live on uh, Ironman's Facebook page. And it's, again, it starts at 6.50 a.m. Mountain time is when the pros start. So I'm guessing that means like pro men at 6.50, pro women at 6.55. It's usually something like that. But um, you can figure that out, what that is in your time zone. Or you can do Alyssa, Alyssa version and like avoid all social media and then watch it later. I, I couldn't do it. I, there's no way I can do that. I need real time. If it's done, I want to see it. Well, Haley, we will, I say we, I'm speaking on behalf of the entire um, Iron Women pod, podcast, like listening base here. Um, also just me and Matt, because when we do watch it, we'll be sending you all the good cheers that we can muster for you. Um, you know, I'm super excited that you're going to be back racing again and you're always one of my favorites to cheer for. So um, yeah, we'll be behind you and thinking of you all day on Saturday or just half the day because it's 70.3. So you get to like uh, in some ways, I guess maybe, do you feel like you're easing back into the racing by doing a 70.3? 
No, there's like several world champions <laughs> in the field. I, that doesn't, I mean, I, I've raced a couple 70.3 world championship races and there's nothing ease. Ease is not a word I would describe any of those. So it's shorter does not mean easier. It means you're done sooner. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. It's going to be but, so fun. You're going to just, you're going to have to go really hard, but it's going to be really fun and you're going to do great. So we'll be cheering for you. Um, again, a reminder that if you are interested in the feisty meetup, if you're going to St. George, pay attention to the feisty triathlon Instagram and Jamila will be, uh, making sure the information for that gets posted sometime Friday, early afternoon in St. George feisty meetup will be happening. Okay, Alyssa. Well, I will talk to you post race. Hopefully I'll have a great recap. Good luck, Haley. Talk to you next week. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.